tell you that together we are unstoppable. During this season my goal is to provide you with stories from amazing women and business owners which will help you to adopt, grow and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit and mindset that already exists within you. I hope these stories allow you to learn, scale and become more resilient. I hope they can show you how to build your dreams and open doors. Remember that you already are exceptional and you deserve to sit at any table you desire to be in. You were meant for greatness. So let's get loud. Own your today. Own your story. And let's build together a better tomorrow. Welcome to another episode of Transcend with M. And I am so excited because I have a fellow Central Massachusetts businesswoman here. And her name is Danny Whitestone. And she's an author. She's a business owner. And you will learn how she became a millionaire, how she hit her goals. Um, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. So, Danny, welcome. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. I really appreciate it. And that's quite, that's quite the intro and it's still weird to hear it, but yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah. Well, we're not going to make anybody wait. So let's dig in. This is your spotlight. This is for you. This is about you. And I know it sounds really weird because we don't like talking about ourselves, but this is known her story. This is about your story. So take us through it. Who is Danny? You know, how did she got here? What do we have to tell the world? What is what is your empowering story that we have to learn from? I'm I actually got confronted with this question a couple of years ago. Someone I got cornered at a, a meeting and someone needed a keynote speaker and they needed it like the next week. And I'm all for saying yes. So and my and also my public speaking coach was there. He's like, you're taking it. I'm like, ah. But so I didn't have a lot of time to get all up in my head. I'm like, okay, what is the number one thing that I would want to talk about? And if I had like one thing to speak about in my life, it's really to follow your own path because I kind of look back on what I've done and it all came together. And I, I live an unbelievably fulfilled life. I've done the things I wanted to do. And it's mostly because I didn't listen to other people because anything cool I ever wanted to do when I would go out and tell um, tell people like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. Oh, you know what? That might be dangerous. Oh, you know what? Why don't you try this? Why don't you get a job? Why don't you, why don't you do that? Why don't you do this? Or, you know, like, oh, don't, um, don't play this instrument. I'll tell you a little bit about that. You know, play this other one over here back to fourth grade. And, and when I put all the, when I kind of like put together all the dots, when I step back and like, yep, I, I owe my fulfilled, happy life because I didn't listen to people. 
or I guess I can add, I listened to the right people and I really filtered out. If I felt strongly, I wanted to do something. I, I went ahead and did it. And it comes back to like, I'll go back to like one of the first stories I had when I was, when I was little, I'm probably like eight years old or maybe 12, 12, somewhere on there. It's about fourth grade, whatever that is. And you get to play in, in central Massachusetts here. You get to pick an instrument and they're like, okay, what instrument do you want to play? And I'm like, went down, I went back to my parents and I said, I'm, you know, like, I really want to play the trumpet. That's what I want to do. And they, and they, and they said, well, you know what, it's, um, you know, it's a really loud instrument, but also they kind of had this undertone that like your girl, so that don't play that instrument. So they said, you know, watch you play the flute or the clarinet or something like that. And I'm, and I'm glad things have kind of come very far in the like 20 plus years that's happened since then. But um, so I went and I played the flute. It's a lovely instrument, but it's not what I wanted to do. So what I did was um, a couple of years later, when my brother asked them, said, you know, like, hey, I want to play an instrument. I want to play the trumpet. They said, sure, absolutely. And, and they just got them. I'm like, and I'm, and I was like shaking my head. Like, what are you like? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, what is this double standard? So what I did, this is like the, the this is the geekiest act of defiance ever. It's like I, I grabbed his trumpet. I stole it from him and I practiced my brains out practice, practice, practice. And I got really good. And I started, I started, you know, the um, different winning different contests and that kind of stuff and joining, I was being asked to join like local bands with adults in it when I was 14. And the reason why it's relevant in terms of, okay, I wanted to do something. I was told no. And again, the geeky, the, the geekiest <laughs> level of defiance you can have is, you know, defined playing an instrument. I, uh, so like fast forward to when I'm 14 and I get asked to play this musical Oklahoma and I'm sitting down in, and I sit down in this little orchestra pit next to this guy. In, and next to this guy playing the clarinet and we strike up this conversation. And in another act of, you know, how, when you follow your own path, these amazing things happen. He ended up being my partner in my software company, which met all my, my which met my goals of, I wanted a scalable business. I wanted to be, I wanted to be, have a million dollar company by the time I was 35. So, and of course, when I wanted to do that company, I was told, oh no, don't do that. Don't, you know, don't be an entrepreneur, just get a job. So, and I ignored that as well. So that's all mixed up in there too, but it really has that common theme of just don't just, if you, if you have it in your heart to do something, do it despite some, you know, people telling you not to, especially if they're puking their fears all over, all over you, you know, well, well-intended mentors who have a lot of experience if they're cautioning you or come from a, come from a place of it. But even then, I would, if it doesn't resonate with you, I would kindly encourage you to ignore that. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And I think <laughs> unconsciously, we do it so much to our children, right? Like, oh, I don't think that's for you. Oh, why don't you, you, you choose something else that is more girly or more, you know, if it's like a guy, well, well that's not a, a, a boy sport, right? Like it's, unconsciously we do this so many times and we have no idea the impact that can cause that young adult and that person that it's developing right so going against all the odds right and actually pushing to what 
to what you really, really wanted to do. I'm very proud of you, first of all. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it takes a very, a very determined personality to do that from such a young age, right? So who do you think had the most, um, I will say, influence? So you were able to make those decisions so early. I can answer that kind of in two parts because um, though I can say my mother would tell you it's because I'm a redhead and I have defiance built into my system. That is what my mother would say. However, <laughs> even though <laughs> even though my parents, again, along, along with some of my crazy adventures have, you know, they've been encouraging, but also like a lot of parents being protective, like you mentioned, discouraging. Be, that just that that defiant streak really stood out but my mom's very independent and my mom is very stubborn so it's probably those clashes of I was probably both in maybe inspired by seeing her be you know do her own thing and being very strong however also maybe inheriting some of that from her in terms of oh so if you're gonna if anybody's gonna tell me what to do now I'm definitely not doing it <laughs> I totally get it, but that's 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 nice, and I I, I think it's more of the redhead. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's well, you know what I can I can say that, and and, and it it might be true because again, my mom will tell me a lot of stories from when I was little, from her daring to you know just daring to spank <sighs> me and just being defiant. However, it's one of the one of those character traits that can really be squelched because it's especially especially in young girls because again hopefully I've seen you know we're seeing those norms shift in terms of I even have a friend who let me her book it was a book written in um about um 30 years ago and I think the title oh gosh the title of it is is like you know be, you know be quiet you're only a girl and I'm really grateful to see that that you know it's not all the way there but to really see that shift in this culture in terms of that, you know, that girl that is strong and defiant and stands up, who isn't just, you know, oh, shh, 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 you know, sit down and be, you know, sit down and be quiet, be a good little girl, because um, I think we're making some, I think we're making some progress there because I have some, I have some nieces and oh boy, they're giving their parents a run for their money too. <laughs> That's good they have Auntie Danny. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have a ten-year-old. <laughs> And um, I can do a whole podcast about attitude on that. So let's just, you know, let's just leave that for another day. But that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And I think it's, it's amazing to see, you know, and hear these stories um, and compare them with who you are today, right? So, you know, met your partner at the, uh, at the company that you, found, you, you founded, um, when you were 14 years old. So tell me, tell me more about that, you know, how that came to be, the struggle, the struggles, the learnings, because we're going to have a couple parts here. Like you had that company, you're also an author, we, you know, you also help coach women in businesses. So we got to go through all of these different stages. So take me through the first stage. How did you become an entrepreneur? You know, how from an early age you had, you know, that relationship and, and what were the lessons learned during that journey? 
Absolutely. Those are a lot of great questions. And I can say at the root of it is like playing with the end game in mind. And I don't know why I am. Um, I kind of embodied this when I was younger, basically like, what did I want my life to look like? Again, God willing that I have a long life. Like, what do I, what did I want that to look like? What did I want to accomplish? And, and I looked at, I, first of all, I, I just can't stand working for people because I don't like being told what to do. I can do it, <laughs> but that was, again, probably back to our, like our, our, our conversation. However, I was also frustrated by it. And I know it's a list of common frustration from a lot of why a lot of um, people and a lot of women in particular, like leave corporate in terms of, I needed the free, I wanted the freedom of my life. I didn't want to have a glass ceiling in terms of income. So um, other than like my nature, because I do, I used to think entrepreneurship was for everyone. And I do believe that it can be a component of everyone, but maybe not, maybe not exactly full time. And I, and I want people to know that whether you're doing, you're, you're an entrepreneur and you have a, and you enjoy being, being like a weekend entrepreneur, it's all part of the awesome. It's all part of the awesome journey, because when you're relying on yourself for your income, for your health insurance, it can be, um, it can be scary. It can be an unstable life at times. And it's not the it's not the right thing maybe for everyone at every stage in their lifetime in in their in their life too. So coming at so coming out in terms of the journey of being an entrepreneur those are those are some of the those are some of the factors that really played that played into it. And from from early and from early on like when I when I met my partner one of the one of my stories was I thought I was going to be an attorney. I had a strong protective thing and I was like okay I'll be an attorney and I will and I'll be able to and unfortunately I also had a stalking incident in my life in high school and I was really and I was really inspired by the by the by the people around me that helped me in that in terms of like family family and children's services. So I said I'll be an attorney. But then I ended up spending time in a courtroom Next to, I, I got, I got, I was sat right by the bench because my, I had a friend who was a judge who used to babysit his kids. And I stepped one step out of that courtroom and I just bawled my eyes out. I cannot handle this. I am not built for this at all. So I kind of put that on the back burner. And the reason why it's relevant to this story is, so I, you know, I, I met the person who was originally going to be my co-founder in, um, in the software company, but my software company, when they had this little bit of software, when we kind of got reconnected in our twenties and they had this little, they had this little piece of software that was starting to get a bit of traction and it was legal software and it was for family law attorneys. So again, one of those amazing, you know, coincidences that came together and I was looking for a business model that scaled. I said, all right, this is awesome. Let me put my heart and soul behind this because this could get me to those goals. And again, in terms of that whole big picture and life journey thing, if I hadn't set those goals, I wouldn't have achieved them. So not being afraid to set those goals and go for it is, it would, would, is, is tragic. And it's important to it's important to do that because once you do set those goals for a number of reasons it sets things in motion for you to achieve them you know other people are looking for you you're on the lookout for it so definitely having that definitely having that you know set those goals even if they're crazy because i look back on some of the ones that i set i'm like oh i could have doubled that that's that wouldn't have been a problem <laughs> it's all about expectations right like you know but i also understand that 
doing it for the first time, you don't know what to expect either. So you just have to go with the flow and set, set those goals as you go, right? So, you know, doing this software company, what, what were some of the lessons that we learned? Um, and what were some of the uh, ups and downs that you experienced, you know, going, going this full time for the first time? I had, I had had in full disclosure, I've had businesses before that one, but they just didn't have that kind of traction and reach those kind of goals for the software company. And I say that because entrepreneurship is like riding a bike. You're going to get on, you're going to fall down. You're going to either start something that fall that doesn't work. People really don't want it, or you're going to find out that you hated it. I've done that. I've done that as well in terms of it wasn't the right, wasn't the right fit. So very rarely you get those overnight successes where everything, you know, lands perfectly right out the bat. There's usually a lot of stepping stones along the way. But I think in terms of business, one of the biggest lessons is to just keep going and figure in, just keep going, because that is the over, overarching lesson of all of it. Because things are going to get incredibly, things are going to be getting incredibly hard on a number of fronts. We've had um, the economic downturn. I remember in the software company, the economic downturns and recessions of 2002 and 2007 and 2008. So at every one of those junctures, there's been part, there was partnership disputes. There's like everything, you know, you take the, you take all of the, all the problems that you can have in business, you know, in regulations and just throw them against the wall. And over the course of that 15 years, it was there. But the, so the one thing is keep, you know, is to keep going through it and find a mentor along the way, someone to help give you that support to keep going. Because if you do, that's the, that's where the success lies because I, I look at all the times where I could have just given up and could have just thrown in the towel, but because it's, it's not by any, we did in terms of lessons along, there are some business lessons along those ways, but just to keep going through it and just to really have that courage to push forward. And one of those, one of those reasons that it's so important to keep moving forward and going towards those dreams is it always came back to me in those hard moments. There's an author called Bronnie Ware and she wrote the top five, um, the top was the top five regrets of the dying. And the number one regret is not living is it is not having the courage to live a life true to yourself. So I always thought, even if I was in the most enormous, you know, stuff that you can imagine, it's still me doing what I want to do on my own terms. So, you know, trying to, you know, dig deep and find the reserves to, to get up in the morning sometimes and, and, and face whatever craziness was coming my way. You know, and I, I'm glad that you say that because sometimes we just want to give up because it's too much, right? We're tired. We don't see the light sometimes, but there is always, you know, we always have to remind ourselves about the reward that comes from, you know, having the satisfaction of saying, you know, I created something new and I created it on my own, right? So I think that's, um, that's pretty great that you took that, um, that perspective and that, you know, also brought you to be a coach for other women. So let's talk about that. 
let's talk about Danny, the coach, the connector, the motivator. Um, how these experiences uh, helped you uh, now, you know, help other women that want to go in business. And then we'll kind of go back and forth because everything kind of like, you know, intertwines. Um, but tell me a little bit about this, that specific journey about applying everything that you learn and now lifting others. I was, I was so excited that when I did sell that, when I did sell that company, when it was acquired to turn my focus to coaching, because I had one of my earlier, my earlier careers, you know, we, we talked about trumpet, I ended up being a trumpet teacher and being a, and a, being a music teacher for a bit there. So to be able to kind of step back now and so with the third, I have 30, you know, 30 years of entrepreneurial experience, the teaching experience, and now the coaching certifications that I have to start giving back and help women on that journey or help, help people on that entrepreneurs on that journey. Because if you're stepping on that path, like you are my hero, it's like, okay, what can I do? How can I help? Whether it's me asking you the right questions to get the clarity from within yourself, because that is hugely crucial in terms of coaching, whether it's mentoring, because I've been mentoring, um, I've been mentoring entrepreneurs for about 10 years now, and it's incredibly, and it's incredibly rewarding. Or another part, another part of this that I bring into, and I'm, I actually probably might end up calling myself a holistic, a holistic small business coach, because Back in when my son was born and I was, we were trying to get the company through one of those recessions in 2007, 2008, I got, I pushed myself way too hard. I got incredibly sick and I had to like build up my body from scratch. I was, my health was absolutely devastated. So now looking, looking back on this, I actually ended up getting a certification in holistic nutrition to have that be in my, in my circle, because if you are an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, I don't understand. It's like, if you're an Olympic athlete, like the Olympics or the Olympics are a thing, if you're an Olympic athlete and you have a giant competition coming up, like on Friday or something like that, you know what you're not going to do. You're not going to go to bed at 3am because you've been working on your computer all night. You're not going to eat Doritos for lunch and you're not going to have like, you know, you know, have a couple of glasses of wine and, 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 and then get up and try to get the kids on the bus or whatever for 7am and be like, all right, I'm awesome. Let's rock this. Like, no, it's insane. So as entrepreneurs, like why? No, we're at what we demand of ourselves is that at the at the scale of being an Olympic athlete, because we demand so much from our brains and our bodies. And the brain is very expensive to run. It needs those nutrients. So we have to, so if someone comes to me and, and like everything's, a, if, if everything is kind of a giant mess, which for a lot of entrepreneurs, we hit that point where things fall apart, you know, sleep, food, some of those fundamentals need to be addressed before before you, your next marketing campaign, because if you fall apart, your business is toast because you are, you know, you are, even if you are not the brand, you have a product that like you are still your business, your employees rely on you. Um, it, your family relies on you. So incorporating those health fundamentals into your business plan. I am a huge proponent of because um, I, I um, because I've done it wrong and I don't want other people to do it if I can help people have it a little bit of easier route than I did uh, that's so I'm, I'm as you can tell I'm a little bit passionate about it 
I love it. No, I love it. But I think you you hit it on the head. Um, I didn't know about the um, the the holistic certification that you had. I didn't know about that. But tell me a little bit about you know when you got sick and how how did you came out of that? Because I I've I've been hearing so much about you know women becoming burned out you know, actually getting sick from working so much. Um, but I haven't really heard stories about how they became to understand that their issues were related to that overworking of themselves. So tell me a little bit about that process so we can, we can kind of bring a red flag to those listening today. If you're feeling this way or these are things happening to you, you know, this is the red flag. So tell me a little bit more about that story. I'm gonna answer it in two parts because I can't say it was all just overwork. I suspect I had some underlying health conditions that were exacerbated by the by the stress load that I was under. And, you know, having, you know, having a nine pound, 15 pound baby, my marriage was the pits. And the whole, the whole thing. And I like a lot of people who have kind of like this mystery illness when like, I'm sick, I'm dropping weight, I'm losing 10 pounds a month. And I'm like, I'm down to you. Once you're 92 pounds, even though you're eating in your 92 pounds, you can't go too many more months dropping 10 pounds a month with the doctors, you know, going to doctor after doctor saying like, what's wrong. And unfortunately it's a story that's way too common with them saying, oh, you know what? You're a new mom, you're stressed. It's all in your head. And, and, and I would just beg them. I'm like, look at, I'm like, I can't feel my hands. I can't, you know, I'm losing my hair. I, you know, I'm, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'm terribly ill and fine. It's, there's a lot of part. It's, it was absolutely, it was absolutely devastating. I can tell you one epiphany that I had during that time is I was in an apartment because I had, I had, I had, I had left my home and I was on the ground in the fetal position. And I just, and I had all of these people who around me, some of them were not being very kind. And I just was on the ground and I had this newborn and, and, and I feel like I'm dying because I am. And I just, it was, and I just kind of heard, you know, kind of this, that one of those epiphany moments of, you know, just, just every day be you, you know, and, and everything will be fine. So, and I said, okay. So I, you know, get up and I face the people that weren't being so kind in my world with, with me being me in terms of, you know, having boundaries, but not being mean, not lashing out. And slowly but surely, the pieces started to fall into place. I did a lot of Googling. And the first, and the first thing that, came to, that, that, that resonated strongly was a severe magnesium deficiency. Now, we chew through magnesium like crazy when we're under stress. Um, I want to start this with, I am not a doctor. I am not a nurse. I, um, these are my experiences. And based on a lot of reading and the certifications that I do have, that I, it was a severe magnesium deficiency. And once I started putting magnesium back into my diet, the heart, the, um, the um, heart arrhythmia stopped. The, um, all of these things, um, this, this ringing in my ears stopped. All of this craziness, the fact that I had like this unbelievable like anxiety that I had, it was, you know, even driving down the street, it felt like the houses were cry, um, closing in on me. That 
magnesium is so important to our nervous system and so many people are deficient. So that was the first kind of wake up. And then I started seeing an amazing um, holistic doctor and she's wonderful. She's in New Hampshire. Um, her name's Kristen O'Dell and she walks in both worlds. She's a nurse practitioner, but also has this unbelievable holistic background. And then I, through some of the tests that she brought me through, we realized that um, I couldn't have gluten. I couldn't have egg and I couldn't have dairy. And from there, cutting out those things, I started to be able to, I looked like a crazy person, Monica. I was in like, I, I'm a martial artist. So I'm in karate class and I'm like moving my arms around and looking at them and going, oh my gosh, they're supposed to do this? Like your joints are supposed to move fluidly? And I'm sitting there and they're looking at me like a crazy person, which is not necessarily the first time, but I cut those things out. She gave me these simple blood tests and I cut these things out of me and I, in my, I do not have Raynaud's anymore. I do not. So in terms of heat and putting the foods into my body that my body really craved and needed and taking out the ones that weren't playing so well, which again, hopefully, you know, we'll figure out some things along the way to with that, but it's, it's, it was absolutely a miracle. And it's something that I would never have experienced if I hadn't, um, I hadn't get kind of stepped out of the world of like traditional, what, you know, traditional Western medicine. And I think I'm grateful for things to start to be swinging a little bit, to be more balanced in that way. But of course, you know, in terms of your strict traditional Western medicine, like my son was, I'm five, four, my son was nine pounds, 15, and I had a C-section. I really appreciated that because he was coming out. So I'm grateful wow. for both, but in that, that particular baby. In that particular instance, you know, that's how I built myself back. It was with food. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. And that's a big baby. Just, I just have to say. <laughs> he was great. You know, side, side story. I gained 80 pounds during my pregnancy. 80, not 18, not 80. My daughter was seven pounds and 11 ounces. Like, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was up there too. It's amazing how things can go haywire. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was going to be this like humongous baby. And then <laughs> it was a peanut. And I'm like, where's the rest of the pounds that I gained? That's not exactly a peanut, just saying. Uh, and I, I mean, I lost it kind of like, I lost like 50 overnight because it was all fluids. I was retaining a lot of fluids. But I do understand what you say about food um, because I think it was like four years ago, um, I had a situation where in one week, I gained like 11 pounds out of nowhere like out of nowhere. And there were some um, brown stuff coming out of my body and I just didn't know what, what was happening to me. So I, I, I was rushed to the ER because I started oh. feeling like, um, like, a, like a high fever, but mm -hmm. I didn't have a fever. It was just my body was getting warm for some reason. It was very weird. So my, my husband rushed me to the ER and then uh, they did everything they could. And they said, everything's fine. Your blood pressure is fine. Like you're fine. Your blood came back fine. Um, 
So they told me I was having like an intermittent panic attack and that we, I probably needed to be tested for food allergies. And I was like, I'm not allergic to anything. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't like to eat. So I don't like to eat dairy. Like I've never liked milk. I've never liked cheese. Uh, now I'm getting a little bit into like the fancy, you know, charcuterie board <laughs> cheese, but I don't like any of those things. And I was like, I, I eat super healthy. Like, I don't know, you know, I'm not thin, but you know, the way I am, I am healthy. Like I don't eat like crap, you know? So long story short, they gave me an appointment like two days, right? Like go get, get whatever in the doctor that tested me, like they did, a, they did an endoscopy, a colonoscopy, because there was a, there in my family, there is a history of cancer, colon cancer. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to make sure like nothing was wrong that way, whatever. And it came back to be that um, they gave me what it's called the FODMAP diet. Yep. That and because I can eat certain things, but other things are not good for my body. Like I can eat green peppers, but I cannot eat red peppers. I can eat, you know, maple syrup, but I cannot eat honey. Okay. Um, you know, like there are certain things like I can eat beans, but not canned beans. It have to be just the beans that, you know, come in, in the, in the, that you have to like make a home from scratch. Um, I can eat a certain type of rice, but not other type of rices and you know learning all of that it was so hard it was so hard but it made such a big difference on me because what happened to me was that I had eaten a t-bone steak like a couple days before that happened and my body had a reaction to the red meat because I had I had eaten too much red meat okay so I, I cannot eat as much as I used to eat, right? So now my diet is basically chicken and fish and I can eat red meat, but I, I need to eat it like in small portions. And when I do it, I need to be ready to be in pain all night because it just causes a bad reaction to my stomach and my body. So I know people might be thinking that, you know, oh, how did she change, you know, her whole, you know, story to food, but it is true. It has, everybody's different. Everybody has their own, you know, ways that they kind of deal with things, but food is a very big factor that plays into your, your health and not just your overall health, but your mental health as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm it's glad you brought that up those nutrients you like how else do you how else does your body have what the function it needs those nutrients those nutrients are what helps your body function heal and yeah. of course you can you can you know if you, if you can find out what things don't play well and put the things in it well it just take it yeah. takes that load off your body and so many people just I don't want to go too far almost but because I could talk about this all day but so many people just go through life not real not realizing um that they are sick until it gets a little bit you know exasperated so I'm almost I do look at it as a blessing and I'm grateful 
um, because if, without things getting that bad, I might've lived yeah. uh, this marginalized existence versus, okay, I, I couldn't ignore this. I couldn't just, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, that's just my body. You know, that's just it. And I'm being tired or whatever. I had a, I had to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your experience helping women now with their businesses. What is um, some of the things that you help them with? And I know you're local here to Central Mass. You have the Facebook group and everything. So tell me about your experience giving back and helping other uh, women business owners in the area. I definitely enjoy helping people with startups so they can start off on a really solid foundation of success and ask to answer even just the practical, you know, the practical questions and ask the questions to help clarify what they're doing because so that they can have start up with like, again, let's talk about that bike riding analogy again. You know, if you just, you know, there's, you see a bike sitting there, you've never been on the bike, you go over, you can figure it out. But if you have someone by your side to answer your questions, to say, oh yeah, by the way, there's a break, make sure you use that, you know, when you're going down a hill, you know, that is incredibly rewarding. I love working with women and with, um, with entrepreneurs and startup. I, in my other area I really enjoy is scale and growth because, you know, you get, if once you get out of startup and business starts picking up, I almost call, I, I jokingly call it a second startup because the processes start to fall apart because everything that you've done, you this fine honed machine, you start getting, bringing on more clients and then you stop dropping the balls. The, you know, the, the follow-up, maybe the follow-up is late on people that are inquiring about your services. You miss a client email, you, you know, you forget to pack a lunch for a kid, you know, the, whatever it is, all, you know, you, you start, you know, it's slow creep, like, oh, I'll just work this extra hour to catch up tonight. And then it's the next night. And then by the time it's every night. So when you get and you start and things start falling, it's falling apart with the growth then I like working with women at that stage to help get them prepared for that next stage because it requires new systems, new processes, sometimes new people. And if you haven't worked, you know, if you don't have experience in hiring, especially as small business owners, the right people can make your life so much better. However, it's tricky to hire. And sometimes our gut doesn't steer us right. We might like the person, they might be a great friend, but not be the best employee. So to work with people to make sure that I set them up, if I say I set them up, but really they set themselves up with a little bit of guidance, or with me, you know, as in the coaching hat on, asking the questions of what they want to get out of this, what do they want this next stage of their business to look like and then filling in the parts to make sure that that's handled well because when you're in it you can really start being so reactive you live a day it's reactive okay putting out fires all day long when it really because your business is at this next stage of growth you have to be pro you have to take a moment to be proactive and determine okay what needs to change so that i can handle what i have right now Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it is important when you start the business, but it's as important to make sure that you're executing on that vision in order to scale it further. So you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So let's talk a little bit about your book, because sure. I read it. <laughs> so 
first off, I loved it. It was such a short, nice read. It was easy. And I love whoever hasn't read, you know, Brilliant by Danny. Um, it was like a very uplifting book where like you just gave nuggets, nuggets and more nuggets. And it was like, okay, well just keep shooting at me because these applies and these applies, right? Um, tell me first about the creative process. How, how did the book came to be? How, how did you come up with the idea for, uh, for the book and why? Why did you did that book? Kind of two parts. One is the giving back, you know, the giving back part of me in terms of, well, I want to have, I want to be able to have something that I can, that if they, people can't access me, that I can hand them this book and say, you know, here, here's some, here's some information to help get you, to help get you started off well and to help you grow your business. And then of course the marketer, the marketer side of me is of course you have a book out, you get to have wonderful conversations like this and you get to talk about, you get to talk about the book in it and for the for other business owners out there for actually anyone writing a book is a wonder, is a wonderful way to and like kind of ele elevate your brand a bit in terms of that expert status, because you have a book out and you put your wisdom all to, you know, you've collected your wisdom into this book. So I would say that that's two parts is I'm really grateful when I was excited to have something that it could be a useful reference for people. And also, of course, stepping out into the business coaching space, what's a better way to kind of carve out a carve out a spot for yourself is, is to have a book. I, and at that, at that point in time, I kind of took an inventory of myself and I thought like, what, what would I, what book did I wish I had have when I was starting out to answer those questions, to give, to, to weave in some of my stories too, that are um, entertaining along the way, whether they are, you know, funny or important stories to hear as an entrepreneur. And also to encourage, like we talked about moving forward, to encourage people to keep moving forward. And then, you know, maybe on the next page, oh yeah, here, by the way, why don't you try this, um, this marketing tactic, it might work for you. Or nope, okay, here's a, here's a section on discounts if you're, or pricing that you're, you know, you're up at night keeping yourself away thinking, oh, I don't know what to do, what to do here. So it was trying to answer those questions that keep, that keep entrepreneurs up at night. <laughs> And I think it, it served its purpose. I think it was really well written. I The part I enjoyed the most was all the references that you use from other authors as well and all the sayings because it was so relatable. And then towards the end, you talked about, you know, how to actually do self-care, how to practice self-care. And even though the entire book was amazing, it was like, oh, you know, this was the part I was looking for, right? Um, because everybody, I think everybody who reads a book always has a purpose when they like get that book and they're trying to get something out of it and not everybody's the same. Um, but for me, the part that hit me more was about the self-care, right? Like, um, right now, uh, since January, I've been on a run because I have two business running side by side. And I always say we're always on startup mode because it's never, you know, you can never really set up uh, and settle for anything less than wanting to be greater day by day, right? So I've been getting home 
for six weeks at 8 to 9 p.m., right? And I'm already starting to feel the exhaustion, right? Um, so when I read that part, I kind of like highlighted certain things. And I was like, go, go back, <laughs> go back, read it, you know? And then I have my, my statements for the day and my affirmations. And I was like, practice affirmations. Let's do this. We gotta, you know, we gotta do all these things. And, you know, um, I actually have like three periods of, of truth here to like be comfortable, go take a walk, like snowing outside, go take a walk anyways type of thing. So it's just setting yourself up. So, um, you know, I guess what I want to say is thank you for reminding me of that every single day. And I think, you know, from, from a business standpoint, um, it was good to read about the aspects of the, uh, the part that you talked about dealing with, you know, other uh, other partners or other business partners as well and how to um, to deal with others opinions because I have a really hard time about that um, <laughs> so those are like the two pieces I took uh, mostly uh, from your book so I will definitely recommend it to anybody but from the entire book I guess it's your book and you love it but everybody has a favorite part so tell me about your favorite part and which part did you enjoy writing the most? Oh my, oh, that is a really good question. Uh, one of my favorites, I can tell you one of my favorite story, stories that stands out in the book is a story with my, it was, it's actually, it's in the, it's in the, in the, it's in the section of um, like free samples and free trials and, and discounts. And it, 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 there's a story in it and it's because it brought me back to with my grandmother and I love my grand, my, my grandmother, Dorothy. And it was, and I, when I got to this chapter, I want to try to give her like a relatable story. And it's a story of my grandma. I went to my, I went out for ice cream with my grandmother and, and she had always been talking about this ice cream flavor, Tutti Frutti. Now Tutti Frutti was a flavor, was a flavor that was popular. I looked it up in like 1888. So like, I thought I was safe, but I, I'm out for ice cream and I'm probably like nine and I get to an ice cream shop and believe it or not, they have tutti frutti. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, and of course at nine o'clock, when at nine o'clock at nine years old, when you're faced with the ice cream, you know, if you're so blessed to be out being taken out for ice cream, it's a big decision because, you know, do you risk something new or do you get you know, the ice cream that you, you know, the tried and true, but I was with my grandmother. So I got the tutti frutti. So, you know, just ordered it, got the whole thing. It, it is, oh my God, Monica, it, it was the most disgusting thing I had ever, ever tasted in my entire life. And of course I'm nine, it's still the most disgusting thing. It was, it was the most disgusting thing I ever had at nine. And it's the most disgusting thing I've had at 46. It was like, like you, I've gotten sick and, but with like bits of like fruitcake in my mouth. Oh my gosh. It was, it was absolutely terrible. And I, 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 so I had, I hadn't thought of that for forever, but when I had to write about 
the tactic of allowing you know, the, the business tactic of allowing someone to maybe do a free trial or there's a free sample, you know, just to see if they're going to like it. A, it's a great way to introduce your product to make sure that they're going to like it and also buyer's remorse, you know, so I would say that was one of my, one of my favorites, just because it involved my grandmother in a store and um, a very, in a tale of tutti frutti. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that sounds really disgusting. I don't, um, I don't know, but that's awesome. Well, Danny, I I really appreciate you being here today. I think this this been such an amazing conversation and learning about your story, everything you have come to be, you know, from the impossible, right? Because we we never think certain things are possible. And here we are breaking barriers and actually, you know, setting a new tone for other uh, women to learn from us and to actually, you know, grow with us. So I appreciate you being here um, and taking the time to tell us a little bit about who you are and, and, and your story. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute delight. I'm so grateful for you and your audience and for this unbelievably positive forum that you have to highlight these stories. And I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed your episodes and I found them inspiring and full of wisdom. And I'm just, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so well, much. The honor is mine. And I cannot wait for us to do, you know, more one-on-one -on -one when it comes to, you know, providing more sessions out there for women, you know, we have to interact more on like the Facebook groups and, you know, do lives and do webinars. So all of that is coming this year, people. We definitely working more together to bring more value to anyone that is listening and anyone that wants to grow, right? Because there is nothing like free education. So take it. <laughs> all Absolutely. Right. This is Monica and with Danny here um, and just remember, Danny has an amazing book, so feel free to go into the notes of this episode, go to the link, buy it, you won't regret it. It's a, it's a one to two day read. And if you're an avid reader, you can get it done in a couple hours. So thank you so much, Danny, and have an amazing day. Thank you, you too. Life is meant to be fun. You're not hurting anyone, nobody loses Let the music make you free Be what you wanna be, make no excuses I appreciate you listening today Remember that it is your reaction to adversity, no adversity itself that determines how your life story will develop now it is the time to do something meaningful and impactful with your story. Help empower others or empower yourself to break that glass ceiling that holds you back. Don't forget to visit our website to learn more about our guests from today and connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. My name is Monica Duani and I cannot wait to see you transcend. Oh.